Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to start looking at some aspects of what happened during that three-week break that I keep talking about, um, but specifically on some issues that I dealt with uh, personally during that break. So um, yeah, we'll go through it. I have no idea how many episodes I'm going to do on this topic, so we'll just see however it works out and how vulnerable I decide to become with you all. But uh, yeah, this episode, we're going to look at the wilderness. All right, so thanks for joining. Let's get started. So one of the things that I definitely had to process and deal with as I went into my break was the aspect that, you know, affects people in different ways. And I think your personality, depending on who you are, will obviously trigger that more than others. But I am definitely an extrovert. And for those that know me, know I am like that. I definitely love being in crowds. I have... Yeah, I just I, I just love being with people and with crowds and um, yeah, I, I really like just that interaction. I like making people laugh as well. So often I, yeah, I just really love being with crowds. So it was really interesting because when we moved to the country and we moved to Jinjin, we had left a big church in Brisbane, which is Mount Gravatt Church, which had a just thriving youth group. And we were all involved in a lot of ministry work and outreach. So I felt like I was in my element. And then we felt the conviction to move to the country and the way things that worked out. And so we we took the move and it was very lonely. It was extremely, extremely lonely. And for the first time as well, I realized that there were a lot of things that I did and it was really to fill up any possibility of loneliness creeping in. I remember speaking with someone and we were discussing, you know, being alone and lonely. We can be in a crowd and still feel lonely. We can be with friends. We can be at church. We can be in a lot of social activities where there's plenty of people. We're not alone but we definitely feel lonely. And I realized when we moved to the country, and that was 10 years ago now, so I was 25, that I could, would do everything I could to avoid any, any chance of me feeling alone. And yeah, basically, um, what I did is I just, I would, I would socialize a lot. My husband had a business, so I was often driving around Brisbane doing deliveries for his contractors and taking supplies and then buying materials and all that sort of stuff. And in amongst that, I, I, I did a lot of op shopping. Um, so I'm really into shopping at thrift stores. I, yeah, I get a unnatural buzz out of all of that. But, um, yeah, when we moved to Jinjin, totally different. We went into Bundaberg, which is the closest town to us once a fortnight and I didn't have my mother obviously she was still in Brisbane and mum would always visit once a week and I had my daughter and I just realized I felt like I was in the middle of nowhere and it was a six-month period where I was just very lonely and during that time there was a lot of stuff I had to process and I definitely came to a place where God satisfied many aspects and filled many of those voids that were left when you feel alone 
Um, I had my husband here. I, you know, I, my daughter, my first daughter was born at that stage. And um, yeah, the, the, I wasn't alone, but I was definitely lonely. And there was a lot of things. And obviously, we'll see how we go, whether I delve into all of that um, in these next few episodes. But what I wanted to touch and I wanted to go into a little bit just because I feel like that whole process has just happened all over again of me having to deal with my loneliness and my sense of feeling alone is that as we look at many of the Bible characters and as we look at the experiences that many of them had, they all had a wilderness experience. And by wilderness experience, I'm more specific in the sense that they all had a moment in which everyone and everything crumbled. And at one point or another, many of our patriarchs, many of those who had the strongest faith, had moments of wilderness where they just were on their own. And I, I want to go into that a little bit only because I feel that it, it is such an essential part of the Christian walk. Um, and yeah, for, for many different reasons. So one, I will say that within the Christian experience, we will all have to have wilderness experiences and how that wilderness experience plays itself out will be very dependent as to how much we seek God during that period. Um, through my three-week break, I did not want to God, as many of you know, and I did not cling to God. I did not, you know... Um, yeah, I didn't turn to God and I, I want to, I can't remember what the hymn is, but um, I will cling to the old rugged cross. I didn't cling to no cross, trust me. I, I did not want any of that. So depending on what you do with your wilderness experience and how you allow God to work during that period will determine how you come out at the end of it. Um, so even though I didn't depend on God and I did not um, really have an experience with God during those my three-week break, I still did not, you know, renounce my faith. I didn't, you know, decide to turn my back on God. I, I just put him to one side because I just did not want him to be with me for that three-week period. But as we go through different experiences in, in the wilderness and where we just realize we are on our own, and I looked as I compared it to the examples of people from the Bible, I think we all have really valuable lessons to learn. And I think the more that we understand what each wilderness experience and example had on the individual, it will give us better hindsight as to how we are to deal with our own personal wilderness experience. Um, I believe that when we look at the example of Jesus, he obviously was, you know, it was after his baptism that he had his wilderness experience. And I have heard many people say that, you know, after your baptism, you know, it's sometimes when it's the hardest time on your faith because the devil is trying to take away your your commitment and the experience that you have had leading up to your baptism and inclusive of your baptism. And yeah, sometimes you will see that people will fall away in their faith after baptism because of that. I also believe that there is a part there when we have a look at the example of Jesus's life there was a period where he had his disciple he had he had his crew who came along for the ride who he always had there he and I I I, I honestly I, I'm like I'd love to be part of the 12 disciples if I can have 12 people rolling with me like wherever I go 
Um, I think that's just awesome. When we did Bible work in Bundaberg, we lived in a house with other Bible workers. So there was five Bible workers. There was two families. And then Scott would have his kids come in. So then we would have, you know, an extra two kids in the house. And when he had his other kids, we would have an extra four kids. So, you know, at its peak, we would have three, four families. We'd have two other Bible workers and then we would have all our contacts that would, you know, often stay for a week. We had some that stayed there for like a month and um, drop-ins and all that kind of stuff. So that I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. Um, but I feel like Jesus went into ministry with a wilderness experience. Then he had his crew and then he had betrayal. Then he had ultimate betrayal and the loyalty of those that were around him crumbled. And I believe that as we go into our Christian walk in whatever aspects, I believe that we will all have those same type of experiences. Um, I know, for example, that there are moments in my Christian walk where I have had just a really good bunch of friends around me. There are people that I have had that have really strengthened me. They've inspired me and motivated me and just really kept me in a really nice place. It was a really sweet place. And then there have been moments where people have let me down. There have been people within the church specifically. So I'm speaking within Adventists. I'm not trying to take that this out of the, the church circle. Um, I want to be specific about, yeah, people within the church. Um, I have had people that we have worked really closely. And for one reason or another, you know, we, we things that don't work out, whatever, people make choices wrong choices right choices whatever choices at the end they made a choice and it has left us with no one I remember one church where I was working you know we had a really good crew things happened and everyone just they just no one was willing to own up for anything everyone just was happy to point the finger at someone else and pass the blame on and as a result it it created a lot of disconnect within our core group Um, and I think you will find that within the church circle um you will find people that you can be like happy sabbath and sit for lunch and have potluck but then come a business meeting and yeah things things change and even within uh having just different opinions on different things which is fine at the end of the day we have to accept that people have different ideas and not everyone thinks the same way and not even everyone values the same things so I believe that depending obviously on the combination of people who we are with and who we are working with within the church, there will just be different responses and different reactions to different situations. But if I look at what happened with Jesus on the cross, when I see at his experience and I see that his faithful disciples, those ones that were willing to die for him, the ones that were like, I'll, I'll take that cup, when we have a look not only the ones that were very like vocal about their commitment, but even the ones that were just, you know, very passive, you know, maybe you could say like the pew warming disciples. At the end of the day, they all abandoned Jesus. And I think we have to understand that within our Christian walk, we are going to have people that are going to be so vocal about I got your back, you know, we're really close, Um, people that will work very close with you within ministry, within the church. And yeah, I believe just from what I have experienced, 
at some point or another, we are going to see that for whatever reason, and I'm not judging the reason, I'm just saying that for whatever reason, and usually it's it's most of the time it's personal, it's, it's obviously personal things that people are working through, for one reason or another, people will turn their back on you. For one reason or another, they will not speak up for what is right, for what is wrong, for what they truly believe, and you will be the left the one left standing. You will be the only one that is going to get, um, you know, burnt at the stake for the mistake or for the outreach program or for whatever it is. You're going to see people for who they truly are. And I heard a quote and I just loved it. It was like, when you see people for their true colors, don't try to paint them differently. And as painful as that may be, especially when it's someone that is close to you, especially when it's someone that you have worked so close with, someone that you have invested a lot of time and emotion and just a lot of stuff into, when you've cultivated and nurtured and protected a bond within people, church members, people outside of church or you know even family and friends, once you see people for their true colors, it can be very discouraging to accept the reality of their colors. But at the same time, and this is speaking on what I have taken away from um, the break and the reasons why I had the break, is that at the end of the day, there comes a point where it's not that God wants you to experience this so that you fall back on him. I believe that God... God permits these experiences of seeing people for their true colors so that we can realize how faithful he is. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes we can place a lot of expectations on people within the church, obviously, because they're Adventist. We expect a certain amount of spirit filling them and a certain amount of Christ-likeness within people that professed to be believers. Um, so because we have a certain amount of expectation on how people are to be, it can often cause a lot of disappointment. And at the same time, I believe depending on our personality and the combination that we have with a, another person, it can create a lot of codependency to a certain level. Um, I realized within my break, I realized I'm very codependent um, and I have a very unhealthy a very unhealthy need to, and I say this, I don't say this like in a salvational way, but I have a need to save people. Like someone has a drama, I'm always there. Someone has, you know, uh, they're going through some issues, let me be there. And I realize that within that codependency, it feeds a lot of my need to be needed, if that makes sense. So when I when I dug through all my stuff, during that break, there was a lot of things that came through that God was like, you know what, I need you just to be able to see this for what it is. And unfortunately, sometimes the only way that we can see people for the true colors is for letting the pain, letting the painful experiences happen. Now, as a result, it's not that God does that because we were creating an unhealthy dysfunctional relationship with a particular person or a particular group of people. But rather it's for us to, I believe, it's for us to understand how weak and how inconsistent 
humans can be. I believe that God allowed this experience for me personally, for me to see that no matter what someone says, no matter how much they can say that they're always here for you, no matter how much they say that you're their priority and they're number one and so many things that they can claim, at the end of the day, guess what? They're just humans. And at the end of the day, we're all selfish humans who at the end of the day, in one form or another, will look out for number one and number one is always us. And for different people, it may be different situations. For some people, you know, we may do that 10 out of 20 times. And for other people, we may do that one out of 20 times. But there will always come some sort of situation where we will look out for number one and that is self. And when we are able to realize just the, how weak humanity can be, and I'm including myself in that, so I'm not trying to just point the finger, but I'm trying to say that when we see humanity for the weak and selfish people that we are, we will understand that there is no safety within humans. There is no safety, there is no security, there is no loyalty, there is no, um, there's no faithfulness, there's no consistency within humans. I see that in myself as a mother. I'm like, there are days where I'm like, thank you, Lord, I am. I was a good mom today. And there are days where I'm like, God, how could you have entrusted me with two of your children? So as I went through this wilderness experience, that was one of the really important things and things that I value a lot and that I believe that has now given me a certain amount of wisdom as to how I interact with humans from here on. And yeah, there, there are some things that I have had to deal with because at the same time, often when we are trying to protect ourselves from making the same mistakes again and to stop ourselves from learning the lesson again, uh, we often become very guarded. And when we become guarded, it can be perceived as selfish. So I'm still trying to work that out and get that balance correct Uh, But I feel like at the moment, all I'm doing is protecting myself. And however that is depicted by everyone around me, I I honestly, I can say I I just don't care because at the moment, I am just assessing a lot of my behaviors and my intentions as well. And as a result, instead of me doing something that I feel my intentions or my motives aren't as pure as I would like them to be, then I would just prefer just to shut down um, and yeah, let me just avoid the whole situation by not allowing anyone um, to have that interaction with me. And um, also, I believe that in trying to protect myself, I'm just going to block off a lot of people. So obviously, I have to try and get that balance all worked out. But I believe that even through that, as we go into wilderness experiences, for whatever reasons, whether it's through um, realizing, hey, our family has let us down, whether it's realizing that our church crew, church members have let us down, or whether it's someone from an outer circle, whether it's, you know, friends, or maybe even people that we're ministering to, as we see people um, for who they really are. And sometimes, most often, uh, we will really understand yeah, we'll just understand how humanity is on a deeper, more painful level. I believe all those wilderness experiences we can use to draw us closer to God. Um, as I have gone through this break, I have realized that God is consistently there for me. 
and even when I sh- he shouldn't even be there in the sense like I really don't deserve him to be there because I made choices to walk away and I made choices to distance myself from him um, and I think that that's really important as as that comes out through our wilderness experiences is that when everyone else lets us down the people that professed to be so much and that they were going to be there and that they were this and that and um, that they had, you know, their best intentions were for your happiness. And when they say all those kind of words, for me, they're very empty. Um, And yeah, now I can truly understand that God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's consistency day after day for me, that is where I should put all my trust in when people's empty words are worth nothing when they evaporate into the air because they clearly were worth nothing I'm like God's word the Bible has just solidified in my heart and in my mind that this God claims so much and through this wilderness of having no one around because everyone has proved to be unfaithful and to be just <laughs> just human. I realize that this is why God's word is so powerful because I can literally just claim every single thing that he claims to be for me. I can claim it and hold on to it and trust it. And that has only been because I went through the wilderness and I saw him for myself. He sustained me and he journeyed with me and he walked with me. And in moments where I allowed him, I did let him carry me. But in the other times when I decided to walk on my own, which was that three-week break, um, and even, you know, a few weeks leading up to that break, when I didn't even let him carry me or walk with me he walked a few steps behind me Um, and that is so encouraging especially because in a world where we are just wired for relationships we are just wired to interact with other humans but when we see them for their defects and their weaknesses and when we ourselves see ourselves for our defects and our wilderness we're like you know what I'm like I'm so thankful that God has no defects and he has no weaknesses I'm so thankful that everything that God is and that he claims to be is true and even if I don't completely believe it I'm going to hold him accountable for it I will put him in the spotlight and I will claim and I will you know like just every promise that he has I'm going to put it in your face like God you said this God, you told me. God, the word says. Um, and yeah, I can guarantee you God will God will prove himself. You just have to trust. You just have to allow for him to, to do that work. So wherever it is that you are on your walk right now, just remember Moses had a wilderness experience. Elijah had a wilderness experience. Jesus had had a wilderness experience, the disciples, Adam and Eve, like everyone, Abraham, just everyone had a wilderness experience. And don't think that you won't have one. You may be at a moment right now where 
you have really good friends, you have a really good support team at church, you have, you know, your family, everything is really good. But I just, I, I just want to give you a heads up that even Jesus was left in the wilderness. And he was left in the wilderness twice. But out of that, he claimed God's word and he held him accountable to fulfill his words. And I believe that, yeah, whenever our wilderness experience comes and however that comes, whether it's through family disappointing us or our church family disappointing us or if it's just people in general just really letting us down and breaking our hearts, that we can remember that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted because he knew that humans were going to break our hearts. He knew that sin would break our hearts. He knew that in one way or another on this sinful world, our hearts were going to be broken either by others or by us allowing ourselves to be put in a position to be broken by others. So I encourage you just to hold on and to be able to process your wilderness experience whenever it comes, however that comes, that you can process it as an opportunity for your eyes to be opened at God's faithfulness. Not so much, I mean, we can focus on the people and we can focus on the situations, but let us focus on God's faithfulness and how much our hearts and our minds should be surrendered to him and given to him so that when everything else crumbles, our hearts are always in his safe hands. All right, that's it for this episode. Until my next episode, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and that you stay on fire with the Holy Spirit. Just remember the wilderness will allow your heart to be put in the right place. All right, see yous.